Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Thanks. Good evening, everyone. Well, hello. It's nice to see you all looking very nice. Um, Anyone here believe that Jesus is real? Anyone here believe that Jesus is alive? Anyone here believe that Jesus wants to speak to them tonight? Good. Okay, let's close our eyes. Put your hand on your heart, if you will. I want you to imagine that Jesus is in front of you. He is here to speak to you tonight. He knew you would be here. This isn't an accident you're listening to this talk. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in me. And I pray that as I speak, that you would speak specifically to each one of us, that we would have a face-to-face encounter with you. We would hear something from you that changes us, that sets us free, that makes us whole, that heals us that forgives us. Thank you that you are alive and you want to speak to us tonight. Amen. Okay, so we've been looking at the Daring Faith series and I really want to encourage you, if you've missed any, then please do check out the other podcasts and stuff on the SoundCloud because they've been really amazing. If you're in a grow group, pop your hand up for me. Brilliant. Okay, so there are midweek groups, and we've been going through some of the material as well in those groups. If you're not in a grow group, please come and speak to us afterwards, because we'd like to tell you a little bit more about that. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at um, giving daringly, okay? So daring to plant in faith. Please could you get out a Bible? It might be on your phone, or it might be an actual Bible. Has anyone brought an actual Bible? Woo! Okay, good. They, are, they still exist, apparently, so that's good news. Okay, so we're going to be looking at some verses. Um, we're going to go through uh, quite a bit of stuff, but um, Galatians 6, verse 7 says this in the message. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. Whatever a person plants, he will harvest. Whatever a person plants, he will harvest. We're going to be looking at sowing and reaping tonight and the principle of giving to the kingdom. And many of you will have heard of it, that kind of stuff, but I really want to uh, get you excited that I think he wants to challenge us and inspire us even more tonight. I've got a question for you. How would your life change if you use more of your time, your money, and your energy on what lasts forever. I had some great chocolate today, and it was yummy, but it didn't last forever. I'm going to be honest with you. But there's some stuff that God wants us to invest in that is going to last for eternity, and it's pretty incredible. Just change your mind. for the, Just check this out. I want you to imagine this little diagram, okay? So first of all, God created. He made creation, didn't he? Genesis 1. And then we've got decreation. What happened in Genesis 3? The fall. Okay, yeah, so Adam and Eve sinned against God and there was a fall. And then the rest of the Bible and history is 
recreation. God recreating what he created before. His intended purpose coming back. He's redesigning it all. His kingdom is coming. And you and I get to be a part of building his kingdom here on earth. So when he says, let's pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. That is exciting because it means that we get to be a part of building something on this earth that will last for eternity. You can build something, invest in something in your life that will take you through to eternity. I believe that when we die, it's not going to be like, oh, souls are just hanging around on a cloud and there's going to be some harps and stuff. Heaven is going to be amazing and very specific and there's going to be things that you've invested in this life that you're going to take there. It's not like suddenly everything just gets cancelled and now you've got this incredible floaty body. Okay? So this is stuff that's really exciting. So let me explain it another way. At Christmas time, this is a perspective shift for you all, um, I want us to think about giving in this way. So one, it's eternal. Two, it's like this. We've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, and we're at the Christmas fair, and it's a nightmare. The school Christmas fair is carnage. Everyone's everyone. It's all crazy. And uh, Macy turns to me, and she went, Mommy, Mommy, I want to buy you that for Christmas. And I was thinking, oh, no, what is it? And I looked, and it's like a plant. And I was thinking, well, that's better than nothing. Great. Here's the cash. She brought it. And actually, it's been sat on our windowsill, and it's started to bud, and it's got like some really lovely smelling plants going on. And so I'm all like, Macy, look what you brought for us at Christmas. She's like, I know, it's great, isn't it? She's like fully embracing the Christmas gift. But I don't want to tell her, babes, you know, I gave you the money for that gift. Like, I know you gave it to me, but really, the money was mine, so really, I paid for that gift. Because... I love the joy that's in her face that she gave it to me and she thinks it's amazing. And that is like our Heavenly Father. Everything is his already. And when we give to him, we are giving because it is good for us. He doesn't need it, but he loves it. It says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 26, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And later on, we're going to do communion. And that is because I want us to remember, first off, it was God that gave Jesus. The the most amazing gift. And the why that we talk about giving, we have to think in the context of what he's already given us, which is incredible freedom. It's eternal life. It's healing. It's like cancelled sin. It's so much incredible stuff that he's already given us. So when we talk about giving and daring giving, we're talking from this place of ridiculous privilege because we've already been given everything that we need. So it's, it's just really for our benefit and our heart. Does that make sense? Yes? Okay, good. All right, let's roll. Okay, so we're going to look at some of the laws of planting and harvesting. Okay, so this is a kingdom principle. So what we're talking about here, this isn't like a a self-help book situation going on. These are kingdom principles. If we do them in our lives, they're going to build something that lasts for eternity. Yeah, forever. Okay, whatever you need more of, you need to plant in faith. Whatever you need more of, you need to plant in faith. I remember Andy and I, um, we kind of try and give everything to God. So like our finances, our relationship, everything. And I remember we were down to our last 10 quid. And we were like, what are we going to (laughs) do? Jesus. 
and Andy was like, I think we should give it away. <laughs> I don't think you've heard the Lord. <laughs> I think you meant, uh, let's get some food. And he went and gave it away. And it was amazing what it did in me because it made me realize, why am I holding on to 10 quid when I have a father that is incredibly rich and knows my needs? And we saw incredible abundance come in that month into our finances in a ways that um, can only be attributed to God's faithfulness. And I'm only telling you that story not to be like, woohoo, but because I was really genuinely scared about, oh gosh, this is like the last of it. But as we give and we sow, the kingdom principle is we will reap. Okay, so first off, everything starts as a seed. Okay, so you may have been um, in the service this morning and uh, we had a brilliant talk. Please listen to that about seeds. But I just wanted to explain, we know, don't we, that a seed... It's like a tiny weenie, but full of exponential potential. You know, like a little, I was trying to explain it to Mesa today. I was like, a tiny seed. We have no clue that that tiny thing could really grow into this massive tree with the right nurture and the right conditions. So every dream, every church, everything starts with a tiny seed, a tiny thing where someone goes, I believe this could happen. And each one of you here tonight, God is wanting to speak something over you. And it might be something that you know he's said in the past, and it might be a brand new thing. But I believe the seeds in here for you guys tonight, that he wants to say this over you, so that then you can go, okay, I'm going to start. It feels tiny and fragile and pretty insignificant, but I trust you for this seed, and I'm going to believe they will grow. It will grow big. So the seed could be anything that's valuable to you that you give away. So it could be time or money, wisdom or love. Words can be seeds. And they can grow to good or bad. But there's a brilliant um, educational psychologist called Carol Dweck. And um, she's great. And she talks about the, the power of yet. And basically, she talks about there's ways to praise children. I didn't even know there was a way to praise children. I was like, you're doing great, babes. I thought that was good. But what she's saying is, don't just say, you're so clever when they win a test or they do really well. Say, you work really hard at that. Because there's actual evidence that the way that you speak to person and appraise them means that their mind goes, oh, I can work hard. The next problem that comes up that looks really difficult, do you know what? I'm going to work hard because last time I worked hard, it worked out well for me. Rather than going a closed mindset, which is like, I'm really clever, so I should be able to work out this problem, but it's really difficult. I'm not sure if I can because I'm supposed to be really clever, but it feels really difficult. So she talks about the power of going, come on, work hard. Anything is possible. You might not be able to do it yet. And so even our words, the way that we speak over each other, can create life and create incredible things within us. Check her out. She's amazing. So everything starts as a seed. Secondly, what do we do with the seed? Plant it! Okay, good. <laughs> We're all alive, just about. So when I have a need, I should plant a seed. Jesus uses this example. John 12, verse 24 says this, Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, it cannot reproduce. But if it dies, it will produce a fruit. So Jesus knew he was going to die. And he talked about it. But imagine if you were his mom. Who ever thought about that? Mary, hearing the teaching, you're going to do what? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I carried you. It was pretty hardcore. I was on a donkey and stuff. Like, 
Mary went through a big deal of her greatest investment. She had to give it away. And as she gave it away, it was life for the entire world. And so sometimes God will ask you to give away the thing that he has given you as your promise. Something that is strategic that you think, yeah, I mean, Mary, she had words from an angel. And that's a pretty big deal. And yet she then gave it away. And it was incredible, the exponential potential that that seed has as she gave it away and as she planted it. Planting is an act of faith. And planting is pretty risky because you can't see what's happening. If you plant something in the ground and you're like a farmer, you're just going to be like hoping. You can do a couple of things, but really it's down to the elements and what goes on as to whether this thing grows. And you can't see stuff, can you, for a while. And I want to encourage you tonight that maybe something that God has spoken over your life and you think, well, I have not seen any of that. And that's probably because it's in the ground. And he's waiting for the Holy Spirit, for you to ask the Holy Spirit to water it. And for us to actually grab hold of that promise and go, I can't going to believe that in the face of craziness. I'm going to believe it. Even when the landscape looks like totally barren, I'm going to grab that, that promise and I'm going to hold on to it. Um, I have a condition called polycystic ovarian disease, which means it's tricky to get pregnant. And so when we were trying for a baby, we prayed a lot. And uh, it took a while. And I know that lots of people have some really difficult stories and there's lots of stuff that is so hard around that whole thing. And I remember thinking as I was praying, I have no idea, God, if you're healing me or not. But I believe in you. I believe in your word. I trust in you. Please, God. And when we conceived, it was like I felt God just being like, you couldn't see what I was doing, but I was on the case. And I want to say tonight that that is my breakthrough. And so here this evening, there is breakthrough. Testimony gives you a platform to go, I want that in my life. That's why we have testimonies at the front. And then that's why we get people to praise because they've already got the breakthrough and it gives them authority to, to allow you to have the breakthrough. And so that's what I feel tonight, that there is breakthrough for things where you feel like God has promised me something and it looks barren. And I believe that God wants to break through this evening. I'm excited. That's exciting. Is that not exciting? Okay, good. Good. Just checking you're still alive. Okay, number three, um, whatever I plant is what I reap. In Genesis, a phrase that is repeated is after its own kind. Okay, so we've got an amazing gardener in the house. Where's Vince? There he is. Give it a little wave. Vince, I'm just going to ask you a question you can shout out. If I plant a tomato seed, what am I going to get? Well, there we go. The expert has said it. Okay, so we know the deal, don't we? I mean, you're not, you're not going to put, put a banana tree and get a monkey. You're not going to get stuff unless you put it in the ground and whatever you put in is what you get. So if you plant forgiveness in the face of difficult relationship, guess what you will get back in your life? Forgiveness. If you plant honouring people in your life when you do not feel honoured, guess what you'll get back in your life? People honouring you. If you sow hope in your life, guess what you're going to get? More hope. Galatians 6 verse 7 to 8 says this. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others and ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. 
That's all he'll have to show for his spirit. <clears throat> Sorry, that's all he'll have to show for his life. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. What you plant is what you reap. What you plant is what you... Say it again. What you plant is what you reap. What you plant is... What you plant is... So that is why you read your Bible. That is why you worship when you're feeling like you cannot be in the presence of God. That is why you be kind in the face of absolute devastation in relationships. That's why you choose kindness and forgiveness because you will reap it back. I have got a beautiful and very glamorous friend with me tonight. Um, Charlotte Healy is amazing. And um, she told me a testimony that blew my mind. And so I would really love you to welcome her brilliantly because she's just going to share a quick testimony with us. Can you give her a lovely round of applause for the beautiful Charlotte? Do you want to say more or do you want to go for it? Go for it, yeah. It's really lovely to be here. Um, Lucy... um, I was just sharing with Lucy, as, as friends do really, something that had happened to us as a family. And Lucy phoned me up and said, look, I'd really love you to come on Sunday evening and share. Um, normally I only come on a, on a Sunday morning, so it's really lovely to be here. Um, and I have to admit, I was a bit reluctant to share this tale because it's about an act of giving that I was prompted by God to do. And I think we have something, I don't know if it's the British within us, but we like to keep our giving a little bit secret. And um, it's kind of not that great, is it? It's not <laughs> to boast about what you've given away. So um, I've also come from a family that did secret acts of giving as, as, as um, when I was a child. So my mum and dad would always share with us the fact they were going to give some money away and we would go out at night in the car and post notes envelopes of cash through people's doors and never tell anybody about it but and there was a real joy in that I have to be honest it was brilliant and I'm sure you can all relate to that the the act of actually giving away is joyful in itself but especially after what Lucy said um when I thought about this I thought you know this isn't my money anyway and um, it's exactly what Lucy said when you realize that what you've got is God's then any act you give is just showing more of God's generosity. So I feel a little bit more peaceful about sharing this with you. <laughs> anyway, um, a, a turn of January and um, we'd kind of allocated some money to give away. And um, so I went the first Sunday kind of expecting to write a cheque. So I've, bought, I've even bought a prop. <laughs> so I had an em a full chequebook of empty cheques. Um, and um, just like, okay, Lord, and wrote a blank check and kind of prompted to give it to somebody and did that, went home, thought, right, that's it, great. Um, also had a, a proportion of money set aside for something we really kind of needed as a family. Um, following Sunday, went to church again and kind of felt God go, get your checkbook out again, write another check. Okay, write another check, gave it away. This has happened for 
five Sundays on the row. And by the fifth Sunday, I was like, come on. We've, I've not planned for this. We've given a, we're going to give away this money that we've kind of, we, we really kind of need. But it was a really strong word from God and we gave it away. Um, that Sunday, Paul's parents were staying with us and um, Paul's my husband, and um, they're quite new Christians and aren't really familiar with the sort of whole process of tithing. Um, anyway, came back from church and on the Sunday afternoon received a phone call from my parents. Charlotte, we've been praying and we just really feel we want to give you some money. Okay. <laughs> then Max and Mary, Paul's parents, pulled me into the front room before they were leaving and said, we don't know what's happening here, but we woke up this morning and we really feel like we will need to give you some money. <laughs> I'm not joking. To the pound, their combined monies that they gave us was exactly what I'd given away over the five weeks. Yes. <laughs> I can't tell you the blessing that has, I feel very emotional about it, but the blessing that has ensued from that because what all that has happened is as we've given away, God's kind of topped back up. So now... I can go back confidently to church with my checkbook, knowing I've still got several hundred pounds, perhaps, still to give away. Because as we gave it away, we were filled back up again. And yes, we can fulfill that need that we had in our family, but I've still got excess money now to give away again. And the blessing that that has brought to our family and the repercussions of that is huge. So it... it all I would say is dare to give, dare to take your checkbook and your pen and don't be frightened to give away what ultimately isn't yours anyway. <laughs> it's brilliant. Can we all stand, please? Okay, just before we move on in the talk, I just would like love Charlotte to pray for us because I feel it's her... Obedience. I don't know if it's like you, but if God had asked me to do it once, I may have done it. But like twice, probably not three times, not so much. I've been, no, I really did not hear you that time. That was totally me. That was a cheese I had last night, I just think. Um, <clears throat> and so it's really out of a place of obedience. Whatever God is asking us to give, it might not be money, it might be something else, but it's out of that place of obedience, actually, that we see incredible stuff. So I'm just going to ask her just to pray for us in terms of let us just be obedient. There's a lovely scripture that says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Don't just give because you feel like you should, but actually out of obedience, let us give. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for Lucy's words and her obedience in bringing your word to us today. But also I thank you um, for each and every person in this room. And I pray for um, a softening of hearts. I pray for a willingness to really listen to your prompting. And I pray for a response to, that obe to, to, that, to be obedient, to not just listen to you, but act on what you're asking us to do. Um, Lord, I just really sense that a kind of a need for people to let go of certain things. And very often when we hold on to things, it's because we're fearful. And I just pray for a real release um, and that there would be many, many more testimonies over the weeks to come of the way you've worked through people's obedience. Amen.
Thank you, guys. Take a seat. That's brilliant. Thanks so much. Okay, just a little bit more to go, but um, the next principle, which is kind of c- comes along from this, is that I always reap more than I sow. Okay, so Mark 4, chapter 8 says this, some seeds fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, even 100 fold. There is exponential potential in every seed that you sow. And God wants to give you. He is such a good father. You know, a lot of us will say, oh, I may have had a terrible earthly dad. But don't let that color your idea of who the father is because he is so good. And he is turned towards you. His face is towards you. You are not rejected. He wants to give good things to you. And you are worthy. And you are worthy of receiving a lot. I remember God talking to me and saying, I think you might be a bit fearful of being great, Lucy. And I was like, you know, the British thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, but then I suddenly realized, oh, yeah, I think I do have a problem with that, actually, because I, I don't know why, but maybe that's like a, a British thing. I don't know. But I just was, or maybe it's like, I don't want to be too great. Obviously, you're great. And God was like, I don't think your greatness is going to affect my greatness. Can't be honest. I was like, Oh, okay, good point. So don't be afraid because he wants to give you more and more and more. And actually, as Christians, if we are investing in eternity, then of course he wants to give us more because we're going to invest it in eternity. And that is his whole deal. Finally, oh, let me just say, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 7, whoever sows generously will reap generously. It's in the Bible. So that's good news. Okay, number five, plant by faith and not feelings. I move ahead in faith, believing in what I cannot see despite my feelings. You know, God will ask us to do things and probably has given us dreams and said some stuff over us and we're like, that's too big or I cannot do that or I don't feel like that today or whatever it is. And I just want to encourage you that as we step out in faith and we kind of go, okay, I recognize what I'm feeling, but let that not govern me and just guide me, but let my faith guide me. And faith is believing in what we cannot see. So that whole thing of planting in the ground when there's nothing, you still have to keep getting up in the morning and going, yeah, but I planted it. I will see a harvest. I can't see it now, but I will. And we need to live by faith and not by sight. And that is tricky in this world. Everything's immediate. Everything is quick. If I don't have it in the next five minutes, they really want it. But God is asking us to be faithful in the long-term game and to have our eyes on something that he might be saying, and that might be completed in, who knows, 30, 40, 50 years. But his timing is perfect. And so if you can't see the ground and you can't see what it looks like, don't think that nothing's happening. He is on the move. Psalm 126, 5 to 6 says this. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They reap as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they, sorry, they weep as they plant their seed but they sing as they return to the harvest. I love that because it's costly giving. It is actually costly. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in this room that have really sacrificially given. And I want to say to you, the tears, they are going in with the Holy Spirit's water of the, on the plants. And it says in the word that we will come back with singing. 
And so if you've planted something and you can't see anything and it's really hard, then this is your scripture. Write it down. I've started printing stuff off and sticking it around the house. So come around. It looks weird. You're welcome. But because I'm like, I have to get my head in the truth. If I really believe the word, then I have to get the word over my everyday situation. And this is perfect. If you've planted in tears, you will harvest with shouts of? Come on. So that is what you tell yourself in the season when it's tricky and hard. Uh, Number six, sow generously and you will reap generously. I'm so dyslexic, I forgot to put a W on the end there. So anyway, you can have a look at that. But anyway, Luke 6 verse 38 says this, Give generously and it will be given back to you. You will be given so much, it will be poured into your hands more than you can hold. You will be given so much that it will spill out into your lap. The way you give to others is the way that God will give to you. The way you give to others is the way that God will give to you. Say with me, the way I give to God is the way that God will give to me. The way I give to others is the way that God will give to me. Okay, you got there in the end. Sorry, my randomness. But yeah, let's get that in us because it's hard to give to others, isn't it? Our flesh is like, no, not a chance. I'm just going to stay in my little comfort zone. I'm not going to touch the world. It's really, really difficult. But God's like, give. Give. Plant seeds of love and hope and forgiveness, of financial, of time, of love, of energy. And as you give, what gets given back to you? Yeah, in abundance. You get it all back in abundance. I'm going to finish with this story. Many of you may, might be sitting here going, what have I got to give? I'm not really sure what I've got to give. And probably what I've got to give isn't as great as some of the other people in here. Um, there's this fab story, and um, uh, I've just got a picture of a swampland, and this is a swampland that's in Uganda. <clears throat> and uh, this land was owned by a guy, and he became a Christian. But the problem with this land was it was covered in mosquitoes, and the mosquitoes were actually malaria-carrying mosquitoes, and they were killing people off. And it was a horrendous piece of land, and it was devastating the local communities. And the guy became a Christian, <clears throat> And uh, he was like, what can I give? This is all I've got. And this land is pretty devastating. So they got um, a bunch of Christians together and they started talking about what they could do with this land. The guy was like, this is all I've got to give. I want to give it to God, but I don't know what to do. So they all gathered around and one guy suggested digging up the land until they hit the water table and to create a pond. So they thought, okay, all right, let's give that a try. So they got 20 guys ready and... um, Week one, they dug, and they dug hard, and they didn't get anything. Week two, they dug, and they dug hard, and they didn't get any water. Week three, they dug in the heat of Africa. No water. 30 days it took 20 guys to find the water table. And they dug a pond. And when they dug the pond, they put some fish in it. And the fish fed the local community, which was great. 
But the thing about the fish in the land was that they started reproducing super fast. And so they took this excess fish after feeding the community. They took it to the market and they generated income. And income they sent their children to school. We all know that education is the way to break poverty. And so they thought this was a great idea. It was working well. So they, then they dug three more pools. And the revenue from that started to create houses and proper buildings for their community. And it was incredible. The prosperity from the community and the way that they can invest was amazing. And they started to ask the question, like, why are these fish reproducing so well? Like, what are the conditions? Why are they so good that these fish are doing fab? And guess what it was because? The fish were feeding the larvae of the mosquitoes. How amazing is that? That they turned something that was death into life and it created an amazing community. And I just feel like it's a real picture for us that, you know, you might just think, what have I got to give? And whatever I've got to give is pretty naff. In fact, it might even be deadly. But God takes stuff. He redeems it. He's making all things new. His kingdom is coming. You give a little, he will give a lot. So, why don't we stand? I'm going to ask the band to come on up. Guys, would you just like to stand? Thanks. Okay, so we're just going to go into a time of responding. And... um, I just want you to kind of ask God, what have I got to give? What is it that you're asking me to give tonight? And uh, I just feel that it's a bit like the pool thing, that it's going to be exponential what he does with what we give, even if we feel it's really small. So we're just going to give you a moment just to hear from God yourself. He is alive. He wants to talk to you directly. So let's just have a moment. Don't just get distracted. Just keep focusing on Jesus. He's here to speak to you. There's a great phrase in a Christmas song that says, what can I give him? I give him my heart. And there might be some people here tonight who aren't even following Jesus yet. But tonight you've decided, you know what? 
I want to give my whole life to this Jesus. And so if that's you, then I just encourage you, all you need to do is just to say, Jesus, I give you my life. As we give our lives to Jesus, we get this incredible trade back where he forgives our sins gives us a life that lasts forever, gives us a hope every day. He is our rock when the whole world is shifting. We can stand still in him. so if that's you tonight if you've said I give you my life I'd love you to come and find me afterwards I've got a book to give you I feel as well that Fiona's testimony was really great wasn't it about just being reconciled with the mum and I just feel that tonight some people need to just sow a seed of forgiveness and allow the Holy Spirit to water it. Forgiveness is completely against our fleshly nature, but it is right at the heart of our spiritual nature. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can be forgiven and we can forgive. And so there's two ways that we're going to respond tonight. First of all, over in the back, underneath the telly, is communion. And I'd love to invite you to first go and take communion because he first gave to us. He laid down his life. He gave you every good gift that you need in him. And so as you go, don't rush, but take a moment to be, I receive from you afresh. Fill me with your spirit again. Thank you for the gifts that you give me. I want it all. And then over here, there are some... um, plant pots and some soil and there's some tomato seeds and some stickers so what I'd like you to do is if you feel that God is calling you to give something specific then why don't you write it down on the sticker you don't have to say if it's like a sensitive thing you just draw a picture or write something that will remind you of what it is and then I want you to just plant the seed in the thing and it's a tomato plant so you can grow it indoors hopefully it'll grow a little bit um if you're like me maybe we need the Holy Spirit to help but um, it will grow and the deal about the tomato the reason I've chosen the tomato seed is because when you pick tomato and you eat it there's loads of seeds inside isn't there and so as you give and as you plant I want you to know that he is going to give back to you it's like Macy she thinks giving me that tiny plant was the best thing she could ever do and for her it was but for me As the big parent, it's just a small, beautiful gift. And the Father has so much. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. That he does not need your gift to function. 
but he loves your gift because it demonstrates your heart towards him. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.